how we do it. You want to do it? Yeah, I guess I can do it. Well, howdy there, partners. Welcome back to the Never Made Varsity Podcast. You can find me on social media at heartbreak underscore underscore kid. I'm Maverick, by the way. This is my southern accent. You already have a southern accent. Well, I amplified it. I've been listening to all my Yeehaw music this week. There you go. Uh, My name is Colby. Uh, Welcome to Never Made Varsity, the augmented reality experience presented by Niantic. You can find me on Twitter at Colby Complains. What's up? Nothing much, nothing much. It's the duo once again. Yep, just the two of us. Uh, the last week of the two of us, actually. Yeah, we're going on a little vacation. Yep, we are going to take a trip next week. So we In our are favorite rocket ship. <laughs> flowing through, at least you're flo- yeah. flying through the sky. <laughs> But no, um, we'll be converging in hot Lana. Oh, yeah. Uh, but we are not going to record any of that. We're taking a week off. So nope. <laughs> we will see each other, but y'all will not hear from us. Just a heads up. But I'm excited to see you, bud. Yeah, it's going to be great. Hang out with Adam, yeah. our former guest, Adam Shinehouse. It's going to be a good time. But how was your week this week? So far, so good. Um, I'm actually on vacation myself. I got, uh, I'm work Monday through Friday, and so I got this coming Monday through Friday off to set up the vacation. So I don't know what to do with myself. So I got a whole bunch of stuff trying to do, little kind of mini trips before heading down uh, south. Gotcha. So it was a little slow. It's, you know, like when you're anticipating something, it always makes time go slower. Like my last yeah. day on Friday. It wasn't even that bad at work. It was just I was anticipating being off that things just kind of was half speed. That's how it goes. Yeah, my uh, week at work was busy. It was the busiest I've been at work in a very long time, which is nice because I feel like the busier you are, you know, the faster things go. So it was a good change of pace since, you know, I work at a college. Summers are slow. Y'all prepping up for uh, the upcoming, like, fall, like the fall sports, basically? Mm, Pretty much. uh, We are locking down um, sponsorship deals. We are figuring out promotions for this upcoming year for volleyball and the other Olympic sports. You know, figuring all that stuff out, but that's not really, you know, get out and get excited about stuff. It's just kind of chilling in your office throwing ideas back and forth type of stuff so it's been a chill summer but i'm kind of ready um to get something cracking i should mute this tv there we go uh but yeah we are not going to talk about sports this week because we're going into a vacation and we are going to you know, just take a trip away from home. Oh, we're going far? Like, how far? Pretty far from home. Ah, okay. I'm thinking Prague, maybe some scenes that weren't in the trailer, so I can't talk about them in the non-spoiler section. London. <laughs> we're not in Kansas anymore, stuff. basically. 
or uh, we aren't in Queens anymore either, y'all. We are talking about Spider-Man Far From Home. I did all of that, and I still almost said Homecoming. We are talking about Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, this is our our review. Uh, we're going to start with the non-spoiler section, as we normally do, and then uh, slide into your questions um, after the spoiler break. So, Maverick, did you like it? I mean, Spider-Man is up there with one of my favorite Marvel characters, up with like Iron Man and everything. So, in terms of just being able to see Spider-Man on, on the screen, I mean, definitely enjoyed the movie. It definitely had its highs, its lows. We'll definitely get into those a little bit later. But, you know, I think it's a good first film starting into, uh, like, I guess really concluding Phase 3 of the MCU and heading into Phase 4. It definitely leaves things open-ended going for the future. The end of the Infinity Saga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really liked it. I, so I, I like Spider-Man. As, as I'm sure many of y'all who follow me on Twitter can see my name on Twitter is Spider Corpse right now. I, I'm a big Spider-Man fan pretty recently, actually. So I went into this movie with pretty high expectations, and I think it delivered on most of them. It was entertaining. I think it was the right amount of levity after Endgame, which, was, could, which got pretty intense at times. Uh, I'm not... Or should we spoil in game? I, I think it's pretty I feel like, safe at this point. Yeah, look, Deriso said that we can spoil it, so we can spoil it. I think that coming down after the death of Iron Man and at least to the world, which this is in the first five minutes, so it's not really a spoiler, at least to the world to the death of Captain America. Um I think this is a good way to address that in a way that seems earnest but is able to have levity as well yeah because i mean nothing is going to get really as dark as you know half of the entire population of the entire universe just going into thin air blipping yes the blip as it's now going to be called in there in the mcu canon i did like how they sort of did it like they showed the scenes of like them going and then appearing like the marching band was on the court um we'll get into that later though it's just, yeah. There's a lot of still, it's the good MCU humor that still makes this like, it makes it very fun and enjoyable. Again, you, what you said, the levity to it. Exactly. Exactly. So what didn't work for you on like a broad level? I was just very nervous about the antagonist, to be quite honest. Because, I mean, when you're following up, from uh, Infinity War and Endgame, you have Thanos, who is supposed to be one of the biggest, the baddest of all time. And so I was just nervous about finding someone that still seems like they are a threat, but at the same time, they can't be more of a threat than Thanos. So it's just trying to find the right character because that also, in my opinion, it can also dilute the movie because you still want a threatening villain at the same time but they're already going to have to be lower than what we've already seen if that makes i think sense. it's i think this villain is a thematically and just like a way that sequels have to go is a good next step up from your friendly neighborhood spider-man i could agree with I that think, yeah i think this is a good the villains are trending in the right direction 
um, for for this iteration of Spider Man. I'm trying to think what else worked for me. Uh, the score, I loved it. I, I adored every moment of, store, uh, of this. Um, I adored every moment of the score. There is one theme that uh, we can talk about probably pretty early in the spoiler section that uh, got me every time and I really connected with. And I don't know. It's just a really well-made movie for me. I, I enjoyed it. Like I said, I think the humor was probably the big thing for me, just bringing a lot of levity to it. And there's so much quotable uh, content in there as well. Um, we made a spoilery group chat, and yes, my nickname is probably my favorite quote, which was in the trailer, um, where Peter Parker was saying like he doesn't know if he's going to be the next Iron Man, and then Nick Fury tells him, uh, B-word, please, you've been in space. Yeah. It's good stuff. It's really good stuff. And honestly, I'm just ready to get into the spoiler section so we can stop talking around things. <laughs> yep. We don't have much else except we're going to get in spoiler. I even somewhat dipped my toe and, and retracted a little bit. Yeah. So should we jump into it? Let's do it. Get out All of right, here if so you haven't watched the movie. So let's do... Hmm. Let's talk about the villain. Let's do that, because that actually wasn't one of the questions. Mm -hmm. So, the main antagonist of this movie is Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio. A.K.A. Uh, Quentin Beck? Yes. But, but yes, but no? <laughs> it's just a random name, I think? What? So, a lot of people when the trailer came out said, oh, Spider-Man is working with Mysterio. They're changing from the comics so much, forgetting that Mysterio is like a very, like a known con artist. And I think by the time we got to like the premiere night, they were like, okay, I feel like a large major or a large percentage of the audience was like, how are they going to make this turn from Mysterio conning, really conning Spider-Man and the rest of S.H.I.E.L.D., quote unquote S.H.I.E.L.D., the heads of shield to trusting him and then making that turn to a villain. I think it, it worked. I think knowing that that was what I was looking for. I think it worked very well with, you know, him talking about that he's from a different earth. And right now he's on earth 616, which is an Easter egg in the Marvel and like the Marvel comics. The main earth is earth 616. Uh, I think that the, the entire villain, thing worked for me at least like i said i had um i was just nervous about the portrayal of the villain i think it definitely helped when you realize that he's literally just a dude and doesn't have the powers that he's claiming to have um that it's all in this you know the the mind tech or the illusion tech that's giving him those specific powers like i said he's not power wise on the level of thanos but more mentally and more like like you're in a cunning sort of way um, still somewhat of a threat. He's but, a clever fellow. And I guess what, I guess his master plan was a little convoluted or like, wasn't that coherent to me. I, so someone brought up the point, I believe it was on, um, the storms, um, off season tour where they were talking about how both so far, both of the villains in Spider-Man movies have become villains because of the actions of Tony Stark, which I think is an interesting way to look at, you know, t 
Peter is the way he is because of his mentorshipness. Yeah, that's a word from Tony. And I think having his villains also being of Tony is a interesting wrinkle to him having to deal with the complicated legacy of Iron Man, which I think, you know, following up Endgame where everyone's like on this big high of, yeah, Tony's amazing. He's a wonderful hero, saved the world. He messed up a lot in like trying to get to this point. And I mean, this has always been a thing since the first Iron Man movie. It's, you know, him wrestling with, you know, his weaponization of Stark Industries across the world. He's he's indeed trying to use it for good, but oftentimes it, it's put in the wrong hands and it causes problems like we found in this movie. So it's reconciling that, yes, I mean, Tony Stark is so beloved, especially, like you said, after the end of Endgame, but still coming to grips that, again, he did make mistakes of his own. He was not a perfect person. Um, and, you know, still trying to resolve uh, at the very end of this movie. I think it does a lot of good work in making Tony Stark even like he already felt like a real person, but it makes him more real that he's he's a even in death one. He's a hero, Edith. Um, but even in death, he has these complicated ripples through the world. I think that's interesting. So let's talk about a question from Miranda. How do you feel about Spider-Man taking on Tony's role? Is he taking on Tony's role, do you think? I think they, they kind of made it clear when Peter was having his conversation with Happy on the plane is that you know he, he's not going to be Iron Man because no one's really going to live up to Tony Stark. But I guess may, perhaps in terms of the leadership, he could very well be that person one day. Uh, but he is still just a 16-year-old kid. Thanks to the blip, he should be 21, I guess. But still has a lot way to go. And, I mean, I'm not sure. As good as he is, because Tony did see all this potential in him, and that's why he gave him Edith. That's why he put all this trust in him. Because, as Happy said, he wouldn't have done what he did if he didn't know he, that Peter was going to be back when he left. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... In the leadership capacity, I think he has the chance to, and we'll definitely see going forward. It just it doesn't have to be Iron Man per se. I think I loved the the, the scene in the plane. I'm leading into the third act with him going to the back of the plane and like designing his his new spider suit yep um the moment when he stuck his hand into the hologram like tony did when he um first put on or when he was like uh, prototyping his uh his iron gauntlet warmed my heart so much i just i didn't expect to love the like i guess three or four years ago i didn't expect to love the tony peter connection so much but um they are doing so well and making it feel like a very heartfelt connection that tony never really got to have with the son and i don't know it works no it's definitely become a very important relationship to the mcu do you want to talk easter eggs besides earth 616 of course because What's a Marvel movie without Easter eggs? You caught the pizza time that I did not. Yeah, and when they were in um, 
Venice, I guess, there was a, uh, one of the pizza signs had Pizza Time, which in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man series was the pizza company that Peter Parker worked for when he was trying to get you, where you, if you don't get it in 30 minutes, it's free. And he was like doing all sorts of Spidey stuff trying to get it there. And he, and he slaps it down and goes, it's pizza time. And then on the clock it says 32 minutes and he's just sad. Yeah. Very it's, subtle it's, stuff. So bringing in elements from the previous two series for Spider-Man, the Tobey Maguire version as well as the Andrew Garfield version. Let's talk about some... Oh, yeah. We'll get to the date. You wanted to mention Daily Bugle. We'll talk about the Daily Bugle in a bit. Let's talk about some of the romantic relationships in this movie. So, I've heard some people say that they did not connect to the MJ and Peter love story. So, uh, our friend Brian asked us, MJ and Peter... Do you ship them or not? Nah? Sorry, I lost you. <laughs> Do you ship uh, MJ and Peter? I mean, I just feel like from the story elements, that's definitely been one of the main characters for the comic books. I mean, that is his love in a lot of ways. I mean, you, th- you think of like other characters like Gwen as well, but I mean, MJ really dominates. I mean... I think perhaps the portrayal is different in this series from the other ones that makes it feel more different. Whereas in the Tommy McGuire version, um, she is the popular girl at school and he's the nerdy guy, you know, going after her in that way. It's definitely more of a comic book style element of a relationship. Whereas this one, they're literally just two dorks and they, they fully admit to that. And so that general awkwardness that's, characteristic with like Zendaya characters as well as just with Tom Holland's portrayal of Spider-Man. Um, it's just a different lens of the relationship explored in previous uh, iterations. Yeah, I think it's adorable. I think they're they're really cute together. Um, I think that they feel like an authentic teenage relationship, like the the weird awkward kisses at the end were my everything. It was just it was just so cute. Um I am really digging Zendaya's per uh portrayal of of MJ, which is very different from Kirsten Dunst as he as he mentioned. But I think her energy matches up well with Peter's energy. With this Peter's energy. So ultimately I, I really don't have a problem with that. How do you feel about Happy and Aunt May? <laughs> I love it. Well, <laughs> I think everybody's got a little bit of crush on Marissa Tomei, so, so good I for mean, Happy. I mean, I don't think this is going to work out in the long run from Happy. Good judging by the end of this movie. Um, it, it was a good, it was a good little joke. I I enjoyed the the running gag throughout the movie. I wish they would give Marissa Tomei something to do besides being looked at. By, by all the dads of the MCU. <laughs> um, hey, that's they knew what they signed up for. Hot Ant. Okay. So. This is this is true. I just wish they gave her a little bit something other than do. How did you feel about um Ned and his little reporter girl? That was fun. Meeting <laughs> on the plane. Fun. That's like <laughs> literally like a quintessential teenage relationship where like 
five minutes in, you're like <laughs> in love, and then the weekend afterwards, like, yeah, we we grew apart. <laughs> so stupid, <laughs> but cute at the same time. It was a, it was cute. It was, um, it got one of my biggest laughs in the movie when they were um, holding hands in the, um, yeah. in the airport. It was good. It's good stuff. Let's see. Uh, what was okay? What was your or what is your favorite Spider-Man suit? Because in this one we got the the Night Monkey. Suit. I think it was kind of good, but I, I mean I still like uh, with the spider legs, like le- uh, kill mode. Oh, the Iron Spider. I just think that looks cool. The Iron Spider, I like it more in the PlayStation game than I do. Um, than I do in these movies. I don't know why. It's just something. The, I feel like the other suits look more real than the Iron Spider. Which, when the Iron Spider is fighting, it looks yeah. awesome. <laughs> I think it looks epic. Um, and then his eyes turn red with it too yeah, when he goes into lethal mode. Finally goes into yeah. lethal mode. <laughs> I really liked the black and red suit. I thought it I looked really it. good. It's not a look that we've seen him. And like, I don't know. The night monkey suit. I don't know. It it didn't click. It didn't quite click for me, even though the night monkey joke is hilarious. Oh, yeah. Now people want to spin off. <laughs> yeah, the night monkey spin off. Um, so... Let's see. What was your? What did you think of the like action set pieces, like the big, the big moments of the movie? I mean, the first thing I, I go to is the the fight scenes with Mysterio in the Illusion Tech. I mm-hmm. mean, just visually, I think it, it was pretty stunning stuff. You know, a little bit all over the place, I think at times. You know, just trying to follow and you know follow along. You're just as probably as disoriented as Peter is um, in the technology. But that was a, that was another thing that just kind of got me a little bit. I guess I just don't have a, a as strong as an understanding on this illusion tech because I was I'm still just kind of wrestling with like how it affects people when uh, Quentin's the one that actually has it on him. So how does it project to others in that environment when they're not like hooked up to it or anything? So the way it works, so there are, there are two parts. There are the, or three parts. There is the cloaking, which cloaks the projectors. There's a projection that projects the holograms. And then there are the drones that blow up the environment. So from the outside, you can all you see is the all you see is the projection of the hologram, and then you see like and feel explosions, which are real. But if you go inside, like Peter did at the end of the movie, you'll see that it's just a bunch of drones that are communicating with each other. Okay, and then um, and then Jake Gyllenhaal from where he is can direct. Which, by the way, the scene of him doing the practice run in the warehouse is one of my favorite scenes um, in a Spider-Man movie. I thought that he was like 
the perfect amount of menacing and i feel like we've between that and the the bar scene, I think we learned a lot about who his Mysterio is. And I, like I said, I I really like the pick of him. If anyone was going to pull it off, I, I definitely like Jake Gyllenhaal in this role. A great discount. He like Jake Gyllenhaal does a great discount. Tony Stark, which is and what he's going and for. He, he worked in Stark Industries, so I mean, you have to have that same kind of mindset or same kind of charisma as a Tony Stark to, to be able to make it in Stark industry. So also shouts to my guy coming back from Iron Man one. Yeah. They got some deep cuts. To show up. Obadiah was trying to uh, push, trying to get all the tech. That is a deep cut to bring back, which I would not, would not have recognized him, even though I like, I, I watched Iron Man 1 a couple months ago, and I would not have caught that that was the same person. Let's see. What else is there? Uh, so, let's get into some of the, the moving forward questions. Fury in space. So, as we found out in this movie, the Fury that we thought we had been seeing, at least in this movie was not Nick Fury, which makes a lot more sense that uh, Fury was getting tricked by this dude, that it actually wasn't Fury. It was Talos. From Captain Marvel. So, yes, Talos and um, the woman's girl whose name I don't remember. Uh, which, hey, great to see Ben Mendelsohn as Talos again because he was one of my favorite parts of ben Captain Mendelsohn Marvel. in general, just love him as an actor. And and working these yeah. days. Was in Rogue One, was in the Dark Knight trilogy. He's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Was in Ready yes, Player One. Uh, yeah, he's getting it. But anyway, one, when do, how long do you think Fury has been in space and we've been working with Talos? Um, because... As far as my understanding, I think at least mostly in, in the in the MCU we have been seeing. And it's Nick so Fury. tough because I'm like there's a little bit of distance based on what I'm thinking. What I think is probably right because logically speaking, that was Talos that first was sitting in Peter's room in uh, when they got uh, when they got off the plane in Prague, Be, and he acknowledged. Yes. That the first time they saw each other was at the funeral, so Talos is there also admitting that that was Talos at Tony's funeral. When I thought for sure, I felt like it would the best thing was it would be the real Nick Fury prior to the blip, because I felt like they would they would have probably shown something to suggest that that wasn't Nick Fury that got blipped, so people would like not worry about him being dead. Um, I, I. Just like, I feel like this is maybe something the movie could have made more clear. I would have been fine with just a throwaway line of Taylor saying, hey, I told him that I saw that we saw each other at the funeral. I hope you were actually there. Just like a joke. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Of like Taylor's making up that he saw him at the funeral. Um, other than that, I, I'm pretty sure that it was just this movie where it was. Because I also thought about like the pager positive. that Captain Marvel gave her. Like, I didn't. I'm 
Which was Fury. That was and that's for what sure I'm saying, Fury. Like, especially pre-blip, because that's why I'm thinking. I think that was, we saw Nick Fury get blipped. Yes. And so I'm like, so did Fury go onto the scroll ship immediately after he got snapped back then? That's what I'm thinking. from the trauma at his beach? I think that he is establishing S.W.O.R.D., which is the space version of S.H.I.E.L.D. So while S.H.I.E.L.D. is operating on Earth, S.W.O.R.D. is in space um, doing the same thing from the ship that is called the Peak, if I remember bringing from Wikipedia, Um, which means that we are going to get more, hopefully get more spacey Marvel stuff. Probably not getting any more X-Men in the MCU, though. What a troll job. You went robot on me for a second. What a, tro- yeah, what a like troll any- job uh, by the MCU to basically shut down the idea of the multiverse. I know, and then tell us that we were stupid for even thinking that there could be a multiverse. Unless this is just all just one big ruse it's, to get it's us. It's so easy to, to fool people that are fooling themselves. Dang. They got us. That face that picture you sent yeah. to the group me of the yeah. clown. If you look real closely, you see two clowns staring at each other. Yikes. Uh, all right, so let's talk about the... Yeah, more ramifications of the end of this movie. So in the first post credit scene, one adorable scene of Zendaya swinging through the sky with Spider-Man, but they land... And they see that Mysterio has broadcast right before he died that uh, Spider-Man is the one that is wreaking all this havoc. And that Spider-Man's real name is Peter Parker. Dun, dun, dun. So, what one, we'll get to the second part of this later. (laughs) One, what do you think this means for Peter, who I think think is the only masked avenger no no more i guess there aren't any more masked avengers is cap technically considered masked because he has that little head thing but i guess they still see his face i think it was still it was still known that he was still he was steve trevor and and, and also in the iteration's of spider-man this is i believe the first time where he has been outed by name as being in the yeah. movies, while, while alive, alive. Um, let's because in Into the Spider Verse, when he died, they're like, "Hey, Peter A. Parker yeah. has died." So. Um, I'm trying to because Spider Man Two, there is the subway where he scene. was unmasked but not identified by name when he tried to stop that train, not identified by name, and then there apparently there were no jerk New Yorkers on that on that train. That would have given him up. That would not fly in 2019. You cannot do that scene in 2019 because everyone's taking pictures yeah. of Spider-Man. Uh, <laughs> um, it's a very, what is it, 2003, 2004? Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the only the first time he's been unmasked. That throws a wrinkle in things. So, I mean, <laughs> I guess he'll get somewhat of a Captain America treatment where he is treated like an enemy of sorts, at least at first, and perhaps the the next coming films will be him sort of trying to prove his innocence or saving people in a way that gets them to forgive them. Um, not sure how they're quite going to tackle it because 
they're dead and they have to uncover the plot. Unless the Mysterio group is going to be somewhat of a, you know, a sub-villain going forward. Unless S.H.I.E.L.D. comes forward and says who they are and what happened. That too. I think we, I think which is possible now with sword in the sky. I mean, again, like Talos said, which the thing, okay, the other thing about Talos being, um, being Fury, we don't know how much he said is like verifiable information. But if what he said is true, Shield is everyone who was in that room. Mm-hmm. So like, who who is to say that like. One, uh, there. Okay, so many questions are coming. One, where is Maria Hill? Two, um, if Maria Hill, she would be the one that is probably the most recognizable because I would think that she would come from some big military thing before she got to Shield. Yeah, I don't know. Like, how do how do you prove that he didn't do it? Because they, they make sure to, because I forgot about it, because I was like, how did he record this? When did this happen? And they showed that the very end where the guy that was tracking it all had it all on a drive. So are they going, are they going yeah. to find this drive that probably has unedited f- footage um, that does show what actually happened? Well, I, no, no, I think that is the unedited footage because what we, we were seeing from Peter's perspective, the hologram. Okay. Of Peter saying, execute them all. Yeah. So while Peter was still, like, looking at, like, holograms around him, I guess his Peter Tingle didn't catch. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> it's so cringeworthy, but it's funny at the same time. Like, it's I, so I feel, funny. like, dirty for saying it. <laughs> they went the whole movie without saying Spidey sense. It was Peter Tingle the entire oh, it's, time, it's which just, is impressive, oh, really. But it's so funny. It's so funny. That was um, my. That was probably my second favorite thing. Um, quotable thing to uh, be please. You you've been in space. The third one is when uh, Mysterio tries to cover his butt, and then Fury slash Talos turns around and says, "Now that's some bullshit." Uh, oh yeah, the second part of that post credit scene. J.K. Simmons, welcome back to Yay. Marvel, <laughs> and welcome back to Daily Love Bugle. It. Well, was it? I don't think so. I if if this is what I'm thinking, I'm thinking this is post Daily Bugle days, J. Jonah Jameson, where he leaves the bugle to start doing his Rush Limbaugh yelling on the radio thing to get everyone to turn against Spider-Man, uh, which is a I don't want to say it's a huge plot point in the Spider-Man PS4 game, but it is something that while you're swinging through New York City, you're hearing J. Jonah Jameson scream about how terrible Spider-Man is. Um, And I think it's, one, I don't know how they got J.K. Simmons to come back and be J. Jonah Jameson again, but I'm so glad that they did. I am interested to see how much he actually gets to do in the next movie. Cause now I am all the way in on Spider-Man three to see J Jonah Jameson yell at some people. So yeah, no, like I said, I think Mysterio in this group, cause I think he's in cahoots with them. Cause I mean, naturally I think it's just a, it's a smear job on their part, you know, cause especially cause they're failing. They're still trying to, 
you know, at least put someone else as the number one superhero. So I think it, it can definitely be a subplot in the movies ahead. Yeah, for sure. So, let's see. Did we hit all the questions, Night Monkey? All right. So, from Jenna, where does this fall among your tier of MCU movies? Or, yeah, your rank of MCU movies. I normally don't do rankings, personally. I like tiers. I think tier system works a bit better because I feel like depending on how recently I saw something or how something resonates with me at the time, things can like shift around. I love Spider-Man. I think I would put this either like low tier one or high tier two. I put it one of my tier two or mid tier. I think I probably have a three tier thing for them about mid tier for it. I probably have a two, a three or four tier. So my top tier just off the top of my head, Black Panther, Endgame, uh, Homecoming, Guardians 1 and 2. Those five are in my definite top tier. I mean, I have Iron Man, Endgame. I like Infinity War 2, um, Ragnarok. I'm trying to think of other ones. And then mid-tier with the, the Spider-Mans up at theirs. All of the other Thors are at the bottom. I just don't like those that much. <laughs> Also, the Hulk. That one can go down there. I'd probably put Iron Man 1. I'd probably put this in the tier with Ragnarok, Iron Man 1 and 3, and Infinity War and Doctor Strange. i put it somewhere in that range. And then below that, I have the other two Thors. I have Iron Man 2. Uh, there's some other movies I'm forgetting. Uh, it's probably in that same tier with Captain Marvel, I would say. Um, yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I think, well, we can transition this into our next question. I, there are other Spider-Man movies I like more. Oh, Civil War. Yeah, wow, I like my co- second I, like I said, I forgot about Captain Marvel or Civil War, all the Cap stuff that... All right, Doctor Strange gets yeah. bop, bumped down, and probably Captain I may need Marvel four gets tiers bumped down instead too. of three. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, there's so many movies. <laughs> there's so many of these movies. One day we should um, write down our tiers for. We should for the MCU. But anyway, go ahead. No, no, I was just saying we Pretty should do that one day, another time. Another time, yeah. Um, let's see. All right. Where does this rank in your Spider-Mans? I can go first. Okay. So, I did not see Amazing Spider-Man 2. So, I guess that one's automatically at the bottom. For reasons I explained to Maverick before the podcast, I do not remember anything from the first Amazing Spider-Man. So, that would be second to last. Then, I'd probably go... Spider-Man 3, 1, 2, up to Raimi's Spider-Mans. Then I would go... So my top three would be Far From Home. Far From Home, Homecoming, Spider-Verse. Honorable mention somewhere in that top three, Spider-Man PS4. Okay. I'm gonna, I haven't played many of the games, really. 
So I, I probably won't delve in that. I'm just mm-hmm. going to... You're also on Microsoft. Yeah, and it's pretty so. consistent, too. I'm just going to also, for easiness, bunch it together with um, the trilogies of Spider-Man movies, or just... Or not trilogies, necessarily. The Tobey Maguire, the Andrew Garfield, and the MCU Spider-Man. Whereas, I, I guess it's just because it's what I grew up with. I still put the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man above. That's a very unpopular opinion, and I do understand that. Uh it depends on where you are. There are a lot of people that say that Spider-Man 2 is untouchable. Like, no, You'd be Spider-Man surprised. 2 is probably my favorite Spider-Man movie of all time. Uh, because Doc Ock is one of my favorite villains in the MCU of all time. So, I mean, that uh, definitely that one's what raises that one above. But I just... Spider-Man 3, that, I, that one... You can judge that one all you want. Because I understand it. But I liked 1 and 2. <laughs> but I would put... The MCU Spider-Man close second. I just didn't, I was never really into Homecoming or the Amazing Spider-Man. I just didn't like that one as much. Oh, I I loved Homecoming. Home, Homecoming was one of my favorite movies of of that year. I I saw it twice in theaters. I I really really loved Homecoming. Uh, I'm trying to think what else there is. We mentioned. You had a theory about what's going to happen in some future Marvel movies. Yeah, because each of them have their sort of unique little twists again. So the different characterization of MJ, things like that. Um, This is the first time where Peter Parker has been outed as being Spider-Man while alive. Um, In The Amazing Spider-Man... you know, one of the char- one of the main characters died, and I think that could potentially be a new one. Where I think MJ may potentially kick the bucket in a future movie. I, I don't think so. So the death of Gwen Stacy is a very famous storyline among like Spider-Man canon, and I think the way that people do media nowadays at least or uh, actually uh, this is not true because fridging happens all the damn time but i feel like someone from sony or marvel studios would get in someone's ear that maybe killing mj isn't the best idea but i i say that knowing that they're like half the movies i've saw last year they killed off people for whatever reason they wanted to kill them off that I might not have agreed with. So I, after thinking about it, I, I don't think that these Spider-Man movies would do that, but I, I would not be surprised. And I really hope they don't because I really, I want Pete, listen, every iteration of Peter Parker has like the worst life ever. And I just, (laughs) I just want this Peter to be happy. I just want him to like have something nice to hold on to. Especially with this new thing of, you know, adding him that that immediately puts anyone that knows Peter in danger just as much as him. And that's sort of been the recurring theme. And he's talked about it as well. It's kind of like that, the Harry Potter thing too, where it's like, I don't want people to die for me, but He's the one that's kind of putting him in the situations in the first place. So, I wonder what Flash thinks that too. right now. <laughs> so I, I just think it's a possibility. Like I said, it's a theory. I don't necessarily. I'm not going to bet on it like Aaron probably would. Um, I just think it, it's it could definitely be a possibility just with the sort of art. Because like I said, I think Spider-Man is one of the most 
tragic characters in a way in terms of all the events that occurred to him. Losing his uncle, uh, different things like that. Losing his best friend in the Osborne family, things like that. Losing, Losing Gwen, Gwen Stacy. So, I mean, it's just a part of his character arc. And it's sad. It suck. But I, I think it could be a possibility just with how they're portraying it. I am excited to see where they go with it. Personally. Look, it's definitely open-ended because we're I, now going into what they call the fourth you know, sort of phase of the universe. And it's definitely open-ended, as I mentioned at the beginning. I'm hoping they kind of... I think, okay, so one thing I think DC is doing very well is that they are telling, at least the past couple movies have been very isolated sort of things where, like, Aquaman, they kind of mentioned what happened um, in Justice League, but other than that, it's pretty much its own story. Shazam is very much its own story. And this one, while it addresses what happened last, I think it still is able to like be its own thing. And that's something that Marvel has been getting better at, which I say getting better because I think it's the right move. And I would like these stories to be a little bit more detached so that like the directors that are working with it can see their vision all the way through without having Kevin Feige look over <laughs> their shoulder to make sure that everything is working with continuity. Um, at least that's a direction I'd like to see them go. I wish Star Wars would be like that. Me too. Me freaking too, Maverick. <laughs> Just I I am very ready to to finish the Skywalker saga. I am I am tired of the the hashtag dialogue or yeah the hashtag dialogue. I am just end it and let's get let's start let's tell some new stories. Well, also if you're going People to tell a story, to tell like know what the story is and don't just wing it in some ways. Okay, we, we are not getting into a last Jedi fight right now. I <laughs> no, I'm not saying I, there's not um, a problem with the movie, but I'm saying they should have there should be a a, a Roadmap at the very beginning. It can change, but there should be a roadmap well, instead of saying you make your. I, you can. We're going to follow this very loose line, and you can put all everything around it what you want. Whereas I feel like the MCU is very good about you know sort of keep because they have source material to work off of. So that is one thing. Well, the, yeah, that's yeah because with Star Wars, the main canon is the movies. Like so they're the, literally making the canon. The canon that everyone knows is the movies. Which is not something we normally see from a big media franchise like that. So, of course it's I had different. to bring up Star Wars at any, <laughs> any chance I got. We, I'm, I assure you we will talk about plenty of Star Wars <laughs> as the year ends. Um... Anything else? Like I said, it was a good time out. out I think there's a pretty. I mean, we'll do once we get back from our vacation. We could probably do another movie review. Oh, true. Yeah. Uh, Ideally, I would like to. Our plan is to go watch uh, Lion King when we're down in Atlanta. Yes. So I'm excited about that one. Uh, Doesn't sound like it's getting good reviews so far. 
I from the people that I trust, they have really loved it. Actually, from what I've seen, people have been like, "Whoa, this is this is a good movie." So I I am I was hesitant. Now I'm more excited. Um, excited to see some. Um, Lion King. I haven't listened to any of the songs yet on purpose. I want to hear them all for the first time. It's gonna be good. At the same time, I I, I was hesitant. I uh, y'all have heard me be hesitant. I am excited now. Anyway, that's all I have to say. Um, do you have anything else for the fine people? Nope. We'll have more people yes, next time. I think I so. Think. We might have some new guests coming in the next <laughs> coming week, so keep an eye out. Oh, yeah. That'll be cool. That'll be fun. A little tease for you. That's what they call that in the business. But until then, you can find us at tinyurl.com. Just never made Farsi. Leave us a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. Anything you liked or didn't like, be sure to let us know via Twitter at NeverMadePod. Uh, thank you to David Cutter for the music. My Peter Tingle tells me I will see y'all later. Bye.